0: And so this morning in Romans 6, considering the newness of life, but before we do, I want to remind us of where we've been with Paul as he has been moving through the first five chapters of this letter. Paul says that he is not ashamed of the gospel. Instead, he is eagerly obligated. With great eagerness, he is obliged to the gospel. A gospel that is the very power of God unto salvation. The wrath of God revealed against man and the righteousness of God revealed in the propitiation that He makes by the blood of His own Son. This gospel comes to us by faith and for faith. The source of our righteousness is nothing less than the faith that God Himself gives us. The purpose of our righteousness is nothing less than than that faith. Salvation's end is redemption, the ransoming back of his people, literally the purchase made, propitiation, the ransoming of the demand for our lifeblood with the lifeblood of another, with the lifeblood of Christ. For in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it is written, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In doing so, in buying us back from His own justice and His own wrath, God becomes, Paul says, both just and the justifier. For Abraham believed God, And his belief was reckoned to him. It was literally counted to him, enumerated to him as more than what it actually was. It was reckoned to him as righteousness. The very power of God on display. For friends, let me assure you of something faith is not magic. I don't care what you've been told. Faith is not magic. Faith has no power in and of itself. Instead, the power lies in the one in whom we have faith. It lies in the one who promised what would come to middle-aged women and little boys. power lies in the one who promises in whom our faith is founded we are saved by faith and for faith for the gospel is coming from somewhere and it is going somewhere and where it goes is to the glory of God and to the joy of his people whom he calls And having been justified by faith, we are those that rejoice. We literally boast in what God has done. Not in ourselves and not in our own ability, but what He has done. We boast in the hope of God. We were dead. Friends, we were dead. We were born in the image and the likeness of our father Adam. From dust to dust dusty little creatures, dusty little thoughts, dusty little hearts and God in his mercy and grace saw fit to buy us back you have been bought back from the dust that blows on the wind in Christ we live In Christ we live. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5 and verse 15 through 17, The free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by that grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man much more, much more, will those who receive the abundance of grace And the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you this morning. Like I said, I don't know how far through the notes we will get. Do you know who you are? Got a boy who's been rolling around for the last four months. (laughs) We roll him around. Do you know who you are? Michelle? (laughs) It is a funny thing, if I may speak freely is a funny thing right here in the very buckle of the Bible Belt to get someone in a new members class that you have the privilege of getting to explain the concept of the Exodus to. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to do it, quite frankly. And They know who they are. Do you know who you are? Here's what Paul says. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Not being. If you haven't been here for that sermon, that's okay. Your Bible says by no means. The Greek has nothing to do with means. It's not talking about the means in which you approach something. It's talking about who you are. It literally means not being. The very nature of your existence, the nature of the existence of a Christian does not ask this question. Men are going to ask it. When you, pre- when you present the gospel, when you present the glory of God and the forgiveness of sin, the, the flesh of men are going to say, well then, hey, if God is glorified in forgiving sin, then shouldn't we just go out and sin it up so that God may be glorified all the more? And Paul says the very nature of the existence of the being of the children of God does not ask that question. It is contrary to their desires. This is not what they're in it for. we too might walk in the newness of life. Man, we are not those that would do these things. Instead, just as we were buried with Him, so too we will be raised with Him. Unto the newness of life. Friends, knowing your identity is a big, big deal. You know who you are. man. In John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if you read the book of Romans, you'll find out that the thing that it's setting you free from is you man the enslavement of sin the enslavement of sin that leads to death is not an enslavement from outside Oh, if it only was man if the enslavement of sin that led to death was an enslavement that came from outside of you where you were just pulling at the chains just couldn't wait to get free it would be so easy to get free the enslavement to sin that makes the depravity of man complete is that it comes from within. It's by the desire of man's own heart in his own image that he is enslaved. And so his case is hopeless. Man doesn't need an offer of salvation. An offer of salvation will do him no good whatsoever. He needs an actual Savior to come and save Him in the midst of His death. Knowing your identity in Christ is a big deal. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you don't know who you are, you will never understand who who you are supposed to be, nor will you understand how to be it. If you don't know who you are, you will never understand what you are supposed to do nor how you will do it. And so, we ask the question today, and while the waters still stir, what definitively does it mean? What is a Christian? What does it mean to be a saint? by testimony, by water. i seen two people today associate themselves with the body of Christ. What does it mean to be that? If you're going to know who you are, then what do you know? We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. What you see here today, like I said, if if we did the whole notes, it would be in there. I'm going to skip it today because I think much of you. And I think that you understand that what we saw today was an emblematic symbol of a greater reality. Now the quick rundown is this. Emblems, symbols, similar, not the same thing. All emblems are symbols, not all symbols are emblems. It's kind of like trucks. trucks are, all trucks are automobiles, not all automobiles are trucks. Emblems are a very specific kind of symbol. Emblems are a symbol that looks like the thing that it is symbolizing. So for instance, stop sign is a symbol. It's not an emblem. The little yellow caution sign that's got the kid chasing the ball on it, both a symbol and an emblem, emblem. The difference, here's the difference. I don't know what stop looks like but I'm pretty sure it's not octagonal and red. We just picked something. Said, this means stop. On the other hand, the caution sign with the little kid chasing the ball, it actually looks like the thing that you're supposed to be watching out for. What you see here is emblematic It's not just a random statement of association. It looks like something. It is showing you a picture of a greater reality that is at hand that is not otherwise easily seen. The reality of water baptism is that it points to something much bigger than itself. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ. Baptism, folks, is a really, really big deal. And not just because it says Baptist on the sign. It's a really big deal. It is the means by which our salvation is brought to effect. And before you get, before anybody walks out of here and says, that preacher said that water baptism is the way we are saved. No, I did not. <laughs> no, I didn't. The actual baptism that this points to is the means by which you and I are reckoned the children of God. God. Look to me, if you will, to Galatians chapter 3. In the book of Galatians in chapter 3, you know, if there was ever a church that needed to hear it, they did. In Galatians chapter 3, in verse 23 through 29, Paul writes to the church there and says, Now before faith came... If you were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Look look with me, if you will, at verse 27 specifically. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptized into and put on. As many of you that did this, did this. A leads to B. If you were baptized into Christ, you have... Put on Christ. If you want to break it down and get real greeky with it the word for baptize in the Greek is almost identical to the word baptize in the English because we just borrowed it, transliterated it, sucked it right out of there. The word is baptizo and it literally means to plunge not just to immerse and I, and I know I'm, I'm talking for the most part to a bunch of Baptists here this morning and, and, and we understand that, that when you baptize someone, man you dunk them Amen? <laughs> All right? <laughs> you dunk them. Why? Because that's what it means. It doesn't mean sprinkle. It doesn't mean poured. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means to immerse. But it doesn't just mean to immerse. It means to immerse with a certain amount of violence. Now, we don't, I don't get crazy with it, but when I put them down, I do my best to put them down. Because baptizo means to plunge. It's, it, it's the same idea that you see in, in, in Greek literature of washing your clothes. When you go down to the creek and you do it the old-fashioned way where you beat it on a rock, you know what I'm saying? And man, you, you plunge that thing. You don't dip it. Your clothes don't get clean when you do that. You smash that thing down. Why? Because that is exactly the way that Adam goes into the grave. He'll knock the gates of hell right off its hinges. And it's exactly the way that Christ came out with an earthquake that split stone, dropped Roman centuries like flies, and brought to life that which was only death. As many of you who have been baptized, who have been plunged into Christ, I love what Michelle said, man. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit will do, friend. He will assault you. He will assault you with salvation. He will assault you with justification. He will assault you with love. He will assault you with grace. He will assault you with mercy. He will come on you so hard that you don't have a clue what's going down. He is terribly good. He is terribly good. He saves sinners. As many of you who have been plunged into Christ have put on Christ. Indio literally means to envelop. I think you can see how the imagery goes together. Man, you watch them. You watch them when they go down. It's a, it's a privilege to see. I know this is just testimony. Just testimony. Man, they go down? Man, God made water a fascinating thing. Surface tension is phenomenal. The stuff is more plastic than it is liquid. Watch it move away from their head and curl back over and come over the top. As many as you have been plunged into Christ have been enveloped. You've been clothed. You've been bestowed. You've been endowed. The word handles all of those concepts. Like a flood. You know, I tell them, listen, when I reach for your face, hold your nose. Because nobody wants to You know, one of the things that we talked about, hey, man, pay attention. It only happens once. You know, the testimony of the Lord's Supper is given over and over and over and over again. The testimony of baptism happens one time. Pay attention, man. Take it all in. Make sure you know. Make sure you remember. Be intentional. Hold your nose, because nobody wants to come back up sputtering and hacking. (laughs) Because man, it's going to swarm you. It's going to swarm you. Those who have been baptizoed are enviadoed. Those who have been plunged into Christ are enveloped by Christ. It consumes them, it becomes their identity. You want to know who you are? You're Christ's. You were created. You were bought and paid for. You have been consumed. You're no longer your own. You belong wholly to Him. And praise God for it. It is the only hope that dusty humans have and what it does according to verse 26 is create the very sons and daughters of God and this is not a cheap trick he doesn't just do this so that he can go look what I did it produces something in Galatians chapter 3 In verse 26, Paul says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. It redefines your identity. It makes you someone new to be likened unto the identity of Christ. Man, the New Testament continues to speak directly to Jew and Gentile, male and female, master and slave, boys and girls, parents and children, all of those sorts of things. And yet, it only speaks that way as a manner of practical advice for daily Christian living. Never speaks to that as identity. I fear. I fear for our world. I fear for our country. I fear for our churches. man we've got we're just ate up with identity politics intersectionality blah 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 man let me tell you something you're white you're black you're asian you're latino native American. how what how much can we add You're male, you're female. You grew up poor, you grew up rich. Man, it does not matter. It is useless chasing after the wind. Man, if you say, I know who I am, what's your identity? I know who I am, I got a list of adjectives. Yeah, good luck with that. Let me tell you something, friends. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're not going to care what club you belong to. You'll either be identified as Christ's or not. And nothing else will matter. Nothing else will matter. Doesn't matter what philosophy you hold, what, what party you belong to. Doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, you know. Whether you got an any or an outie. It doesn't matter. To whom do you belong? What is a Christian? The answer from Scripture is clear. One who has, through the means of actual baptism, not in the tank, but who has actually been plunged into Christ and enveloped in Him in such a way that it redefines the reality of their being. Paul says... since this is the case, since God gets glory from sin and forgiving it, should we not just go on and sin not being? A Christian is one who has through the means of the baptism of the Holy Spirit died with Christ, actually died, been buried with Christ, and has risen with Christ by the glory of the Father and walks in new life. Therefore, and hey, I didn't even get wound up. Therefore, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18 Jesus said to them go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation what a statement This is going to sound weird. I wish, I really do. In my flesh, I wish that I could make the argument that I would make out of Romans chapter 5 that when he talks about all were saved through the death of many, that he is talking about all concerning both Jew and Gentile and not speaking of all in the absolute sense of every single person. I would like to make that argument here. But Alvin, it's just not exegetically sound, man. The reality is, is when he says go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation, that's literally what it means. And I don't know that you need to be out there preaching at rocks and trees. But I will say this, you can't go wrong by doing it. (laughs) You can't go wrong by doing it. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized, not right here. This is just the shadow in the copy. Hebrews chapter 8, 9, and 10. But those who are plunged into Christ who've been enveloped by Christ in such a way that it redefines their being. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Friends, this is not a child's gospel. This big boy gospel. God is just. And he's the justifier. Amen? Right? He's the justifier. But let me tell you, he's just. Don't thumb your nose at him. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them, and they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and set down at the right hand of God, just once, till his enemies will be made a footstool for his feet. And they went out, guess what? Doing exactly what he told them to do. They went out preaching everywhere. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Oh man, Baptists get weird over that stuff. And we'll get weird real quick, man. You start talking about speaking in different languages. Which is literally what that means. It doesn't mean gibberish. It literally means another language. You start talking about speaking in other languages, getting bitten by snakes, drinking poison, and getting over it, people get weird on you real quick. Let me tell you something. Greater signs than these you have seen today. Greater signs than these you have seen today. You know what? If the Lord lets us speak in a way that people hear us in a language that we don't speak, if He allows us when we are attacked, both through the means of of, of nature or or through the means of entrapment, and somebody puts poison in our drink as we go about the go about the business of the gospel, then man, praise the Lord if He keeps us while He does it. But the big sign here the big one is they preached everywhere and people believed and in believing they lived there was life from death there was something out of nothing that is the sign of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, so we preached and so they believed. And so today we hear. Today we see. You've seen the signs before your very own eyes. You heard it testified to out of the mouth of adults and out of the mouth of babes. The one who is both just and the justifier does not simply offer salvation. He is Savior. And if you will but repent and believe, if you will but repent and believe, Scripture says He already is yours. Not that He will be. But if you repent and believe He already is, then I invite you to come to Christ. The signs are before you. Those who are baptized into Him And it changes who they are. Know who you are. I could go all day. Let's pray.